Good morning, everybody. It's Lady E. It's R.Y. And today's rendition of the show, we're going to talk about R.Y.'s power of perspective. So this is a part two to Ladies E. Lady E's part one. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. So on this part two of power of perspective, of course, we're back in the van driving. Uh, we're going to talk about, I guess, my story a little bit, at least for the past four years of my life. But of course, before we get into that, Lady E has a quote of the day. Today's quote says, Perseverance is not a long race. It is many short races, one after the other. Perseverance is not a long race. It is many short races, one after the other. And that's that quote by Walter Elliott. What does that mean to you, R.Y.? Uh, for me, I mean, it means a lot. Uh, just because of the past four years of my life, um, really kind of goes around with that quote. Understanding the, I will always say this, understanding your journey, <laughs> understanding your process. Uh, for me, like I said, the past four years definitely goes along with that quote. Um, just being a college student. Uh, at the University of Missouri and the University of Central Missouri my freshman year. I learned a lot about myself uh, being away from home, even though I was with my closest friends. Shout out to Andre and them. I know y'all hearing this. Um, I still have my own process. So with that, I learned a lot about myself. I learned, I learned a lot about the importance of taking one step at a time, not trying to jump over 50 hoops, not trying to do everything all at once because the moments I did try to do everything all at once, I found myself very overwhelmed and uh, life smacked me in the face. Basically, that's what happened. Uh, life, happens. life happened to me and uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I was just very sheltered growing up. My parents kind of took care of everything. I was very privileged on the fact that I had a loving mother, uh, I had a father and a stepfather as well who really took care of me. Of course, my grandma too. I love you, grandma. I know you're hearing this. Um, but they all kind of took care of everything. When something went wrong, they took care of it. Not in the sense of I was like a brat, but stuff that was out of my control, they was able to take care of it. But when I went to college, I had a point in my life where there's nothing they could have done. There's nothing they could have done, and I really had to persevere through that. Well, you also had to take care of yourself and um, cook and stuff and clean up after yourself? Yeah, of course. So how was that for you? Uh, actually, wasn't that bad because I mean I had my I had my best friend Andre with me, so that was a little bit different because we kind of did everything together. Me and Andre are like so yeah, we're like yin and yang for real. Like he's the uh, he's I mean we're both nonchalant, mm -hmm. but I'm like the emotional nonchalant one. Like I can be very nonchalant, but in the inside I can be very upset. So I got a lot of that from him. But we, yeah, we worked together as a team. Those three or four years together, we worked very hard. So it wasn't like, no, I didn't really struggle, I will say. I didn't, you know, of course you made a meal or two, you might have burnt that. Yeah. <laughs> noodles? No, actually, that was crazy. My you experience, my experience, uh, I didn't have the, the Roman noodles experience. I'm not saying I didn't, I didn't eat Roman noodles, um, but I was fortunate enough to not really have to go to that college struggle. But my college struggle was, I think, worse than Roman noodles. It was a mental struggle, it was an emotional struggle, it was even a spiritual struggle. So, but I persevered, of course. Okay. What do you miss about your college experience? Uh, the independence, man. Just the being away from home. Um, you know, I'm back at home and I love being my parents and love spending time with them. You know, 
I kind of miss being that small four walls in that apartment. Just me and Andre just chilling, playing, you know, 2K. Just kind of just have like a peace of mind of your own. Like you don't really have to worry about X, Y, and Z. You don't have to worry about, you know, you know, your parents still got their own rules. I mean, you get to the point where you're at this age where it's like, you don't want to listen to You're not, I'll always respect my parents, you know, wishes. But of course, if you have your own view on them. Yeah, your taste on independence. Yeah, like, once you, you know, get that it's taste, hard. it's like it's, it's yeah, it's like a kid first bite of chocolate. Yeah. It's hard, you know. It's the, the, trying to tell them to stop eating it. So, yeah, it's been it was a struggle at first, but I've learned to appreciate these moments for what they are. So how you how have you been dealing with the transition? Oh, that was tough, man. At first, it was uh, it was kind of depressing. I'm not gonna lie, just for the simple fact uh, I graduated from school and uh, had ideas of. What this life is supposed to be like, and obviously I got a, a, a harsh reality. Yeah, I think that was just made it real tough. The transition alone. <laughs> so the transition alone was was just tough. Uh, but actually, I mean, let me go back a little bit. It was it was tough for the simple fact that I kind of got back into this bubble that I wasn't used to being in. Because going to a, a larger university, you kind of got to branch out and meet different people and I kind of like that aspect where I know after a long day when I go back home it's just me and it's me and my roommate it's me and Andre we was just kind of doing our own thing so I didn't necessarily go home and you know hear about my parents they at work and stuff like that and you kind of go back into your room and you kind of feel like a kid again sometimes but, you know it's like certain stuff that you used to do as a child your parents might bring it up like, you know why don't you do this and sitting there thinking like I'm 22 you know I don't necessarily want to do the things I used to do right. growing up and that and that creates a conflict in itself because it it, it creates this clash and um as much as me and my mom are the same <laughs> we definitely clashed a lot for the first couple months because my idea of independence versus the reality was like I'm, I'm, was I'm it, a shock? it was a shock you know because it was great to be home and like I said there was also moments where I just dreaded it I'm ready to leave. Then I also had to understand the, the magnitude behind being fully independent. You got bills, you got other obligations. Because I know whenever I do become fully independent, I want to be able to at least take care of myself at all times. I think sometimes when we get too grown too fast, we don't really realize it's more than just you know going home, eating, sleeping. You got bills, you got jobs. You know. Yeah, it all adds up. As my mom always says, 30 days come up quick. Yeah, you know. After that, after the first day, you know, you ain't got your bills, you know, stuff starts to happen. So uh, that was kind of like my thing. Understand it, basically, like I said yesterday, understand the power of patience. My patience was definitely tested. Uh, I think when I came home, I was a lot more anxious. My anxiety, I've never really dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with forms of depression, but anxiety was, was different for me because it was, I just never knew. I just had this tight feeling in my chest. I just kept wondering, like, what is wrong with me? Well, I got all these headaches, why well, I got all this, why well, I have that? But I started realizing I was creating this false narrative of myself. Facade. Yeah, facade, basically. Like, since I'm not uh, doing this at this age, I'm losing myself and I'm not getting anything done. Did you feel behind a little bit? Did I feel behind? No, me. Yes or no? I would say yes because, of course, once again, social media. Yeah. Even though I'm not really the most active on social media, of course. I follow a lot of people and like celebrities, like people I look up to, and 
that creates like this this frustration. Like, why can I not get there? But of course, I've also read a lot of the stories too, where they were in the same position as me at my age. So it kind of helped me understand that I'm just in the same bubble. They must work, and I can always get out of it. So do you feel stuck? Do I feel stuck now, or at that moment? At that moment. At that moment, I felt very stuck. I, I, no, I don't feel stuck now. Just for the simple fact that I think everything does take time. You know, just because. Talk about that moment when you felt stuck. Uh, when I felt stuck, it was, it was like I said, it was a hard thing. It was a hard place. It was a really, really, really dark, bad place. Cause you just really have no idea what you're gonna do. Like the idea of what am I going to do? Cause I felt like that even at my graduation, that when I was there and I saw all you, all you all up there, and it's a big moment. But I was sitting there thinking, like, like what? Now? What? am I about to do because education is in my in my in my heart yeah but I also have so many other desires in this world yeah. so it's like am I going to chase after my dreams or am I going to do the the norm and that's no disrespect to anybody who does the norm because I think norm is you know what kind of keeps the world going but it's like those moments where am I going to do what I want to do versus am I doing what I've kind of set myself up to do it was that was kind of had me really Okay, so since you graduated, how are you, are you utilizing your time now? Uh, writing. Writing and reading. Um, 2017 alone, I read about 23, 24 books. Uh, wrote, started writing my own book. Uh, like I said, me and Lady E are writers, but she kind of, she kind of inspired me to write a book. And also, and also, um, this guy named Jason Reynolds, I met him on my birthday when I was at Mizzou. Uh, this lady who was basically like my mom up there I met in my last year her name was Teresa Metz uh, she introduced me to this fiction book called All American Boys kind of talking about like police brutality and injustices and it was based off of two kids a black kid named Rashad and it was a white kid I can't think of his name but it was basically understanding the power of perspective how the white kid grew up and his family were all cops and you know they had their own view on what happened because Rashad got caught into this incident um, where he didn't steal something, but police beat him down and stuff like that. So basically, how his, how his perspective changed when he started looking at the bigger picture. So like meeting him at that moment, meeting the author, really changed my life. I asked him. I said, um, "How do you write?" And I just asked him, and I was like shaking. And I'm never like the type of guy to be nervous, but that book changed like my whole perception yeah granted like my name was in it and then like the story alone kind of felt identical to my own so he just said man just write don't worry about the academics sound like what Terry Miller told me yeah so I think so when I first started writing I tried to do a children's book not children book like a like a fictional novel and I started writing it and I was just like I can do this but not right now I think I need to know my craft a little bit more to be a lot more descriptive. So, with that, I wanted to create, you know, a self-help book for college kids or people who are trying to transition through their lives. But I'm not going to tell you the title because somebody might steal it. So, but it's coming out very, very soon, hopefully. But those moments alone helped me transcend to where I'm at today. And that's how you discovered your love for writing. Yeah, I would say that. I thought you were writing for quite some time now. Yeah, well, when I was 16, I, 
was you a, did poetry for her. That was a girl that I was like really crazy for, but uh, I wrote a poem for her, and uh, you were in love. Yeah, I was young and in love, obviously. Puppy love. Yeah, puppy love is real. Uh, and it was good. Like people actually liked it. It's like, man, you can write a little bit. So writing was something I just kind of did when I had a lot on my mind. Like my poems, real personal. And so I look at writing poetry like rap. You know I me, mean? I'm a big rap guy. So that's how it kind of just transcended. So now with this different type of writing, it's more so just putting my thoughts on paper. And it's, I think it's created an easier way for my life, easier path. So for the transition of college to back home, um, being independent to live back home with your parents, um, not just gonna be forever, but um, what do you learn about yourself during this time? Um, I've learned that I have confidence within myself. I think oftentimes that we are so we are so shelled by society that we don't really know who we are. And even at my most lowest points, I still had this belief that I was still gonna get something done because I always know that I can only cash my own checks. As I always tell you. Um, so even the moments I felt like I couldn't get something done, I knew I was gonna find a way out of it. I don't know how long you might. I, I didn't know how long I was gonna get out of it. Or how long it was gonna take to get out of it? I should say, but I always had this belief that I was gonna get it done. Because, like we said yesterday, the mind is a powerful thing. So even at those low points where mentally I felt weak, there was this my inner being or my soul, as I say telling me like you can do it talking to myself on the inside is really is the main reason why i keep going because the outside is just a whole bunch of noise you hear noise like i'm pretty sure you guys are hearing noise as we continue to drive but that's society that's through your eyes but the inside the internal person inside of you is the, is the guide along with god but the internal person to help you get through it yourself i think that's the ultimate source what are you passionate about besides writing? Life. Education, right? Education, education. life. Kids. kids. I love kids. Don't want any kids right now. <laughs> but uh, I love kids. I love kids. I love them. But I also have a, a passion for college students. <laughs> kids who are younger than me. Even I'm only 22. But, you know, even kids my age might seem lost. I've learned a lot in the past 12 months is reading all the books about how there's a lot of stuff that we do every day that's the reason why we are who we are is the reason why we think how we think and I'm trying to break that down it's very hard to do but when you really break it down it kind of makes life a little bit simpler because life is already very complex um, so I just have a passion just for helping people uh, become the best self I'm not saying I'm at my best self because I'm not but I'm really big on Helping people understand who they are as people. So anybody who knows me, I'm gonna push them to become the best, the best person themselves. And, and for me, anybody who knows me might come off as harsh or I don't care. But yeah, I feel like if I'm really pushing you, then I do care. If I don't care about something, then, it's, then I don't care. You know, so I'm just passionate about a lot of things. In the Bible it says the steps of giving a good man are ordered by the Lord and he did life in his way. That's in Psalms 37 25. So how would you like God to order your steps 
to help you accomplish your goals in the next three to six months? Uh, just continue to just guide me. You know, I, I, I'm a firm, I'm a big person with signs, symbolism, numbers. I feel like it all connects. But that's just me. I'm just, I think everything in this world connects. From the trees to the animals, it just we as humans are like the only ones that are like headless horses. We're just kind of just figuring it out. So I just think that every day that I have a conversation with God, He just guides me my own path. And a lot of things, a lot of times, I think a lot of people get confused at how you do things if it's different from somebody else's. God, I just like I said, I believe that we all are children of God, but also we are all creators as well because we do create new life. So He is guiding us in this world. Well, ultimately, we still got to make decisions. He can give us a sign clear as day, like you need to do this, but you can still do that. So you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing. So for me, it's just, you know, any decision that I make, I've learned to just kind of live with it and know that it's not necessarily that better things will come, but you will learn something out of it and maybe it's, it's for the best. So that's why, like I think, I just believe that one step at a time, Myself and God is the most important thing. Well, I believe you're very resilient. And I love your perseverance and how you keep enduring no matter what. Because perseverance always wins. And I find it um, kind of ironic how you talked about how you were 22. Yeah. And trying to help other students who are just around your age or whatever. And I, at, at, when I wrote my book, I was talking my book at first. I was 15 years old. Right. You know, when it helped my peers as well. So I thought this kind of a um, yeah. interesting um Interesting, uh, uh, what's I'm looking for? Interesting, um, interesting bond. Bond, connection, yeah. yeah. Connect, connection, there you go, connection. I think, well, for connection. me, just personally, just, my college experience wasn't like everybody else's. I didn't really go out all the time. I wasn't, I won't say I'm like this, I don't have like social anxiety. I can't be around a whole bunch of people and I freak out. I had no issue with that, but I'm really comfortable just being myself and doing um, what is it that I want to do? So you always felt accepted? If I always felt accepted, no. Yeah. I've always felt different. So when you kind of understand that you're different, you just understand you're different. So a lot of my nights, I would probably spend, like I said, reading or playing 2K or something like that. But I also understand that that was, that was my fun. Everything, uh, for me, anybody knows me, I'm not cheap. <laughs> I'm very frugal. I just realize everything costs. So I realize I can use that money for something else. Anybody knows me, I'm like really getting big into investing and okay. stuff like that. I mean, I can use that money to help generate more money. Then what am I doing? Yeah, and I'm really, anybody knows me, know I want kids. I want my kids to be set up in a certain position and stuff of that nature. So I often realize that this life has not much to do with me, but more so for the future of myself. Uh, so I'm very proud of you. Uh, is there any advice or tips for people in your situation or people who transition um, into the college life to home life to um, being finding themselves? How you transition? Yeah. My advice is to just really, really dig deep, man. As I'm a real deep person. Sometimes when I even dig too deep, <laughs> you find yourself in a whole different atmosphere. You have to really do some real soul-searching soul to know who you are as a person. And to really do that, you have to really experience the pain of a lot of stuff. At least for me. For me, I had to really dig deep 
to really find the source of all these different hurts and stuff or anything that I've dealt with or anything that I kind of question. I, and you know me, if I want, I want to figure out something, I'm going <laughs> to I'm a research it to the end. Yeah. And still, even with that, create, my, create my own interpretation. Um, because I think that life is through your own interpretation. But that's just me. Um, so sometimes when you dig too deep, that's just a fair warning, you might find yourself in a place that isn't the most comfortable. Maybe a little saddening, but I believe that we are all here for a deeper meaning than what we might believe. But that's just me, though. You gotta find what works for you. Yeah, you gotta not, figure out not what everybody else is doing or what, mm -hmm. what everybody else what works for you. But you're an individual. We're all individuals. Yes, I say. We try, we try to blend in and be a group. Everything is not. A, everything cannot be a group. Yeah. You gotta do some solo stuff on your own. I am big on being an individual. <laughs> I know it drives Lady E crazy. I always yeah, say, I always say as an individual, but we all are all individuals, and I think our biggest thing is we always want to be accepted yeah. into this life, and that's and that's the in some sort of fashion we're chasing for either happiness, love, wealth, or something to create like this sort of acceptance. Um, and until you really find out what you want in this life, you're gonna constantly check for that acceptance and even when you get that you're still not going to feel accepted because somebody within that same group that is i guess the, i call it the chasing group somebody is going to do something hurtful to you and then you're still not going to feel accepted so the only way i feel like you can be accepted is to accept yourself and who you are and what you believe in i think that's to me that's the, the main thing i learned in 2017 and even even when i was going through what i was going through is that i have to figure it out I'm not saying do everything on your own and nobody's going to have your back because there are people who, who do have a a support and love for you, but you have to understand who those people are. But even with all that, you still have to figure out what's going to make yourself happy, what's going to make you become the best person that you can become. Has your patience been tested during this time? Yeah, my well, you're, you're, big, you're big on patience. You yeah. always say, you know, patience, patience, patience. So, yeah. how's your patience been tested? My patience is always tested. I, just for the simple fact that I'm young. You know, I think that I have my own dreams and desires. And I've often learned that even with the things that I want, you know, I, I, I believe I'm going to get them. It's just when I'm going to get them. I think that the problem is for most of us that we chase time. Mm -hmm. We chase time more than we chase what we really want. Time is a social construct, and I'm not trying to get too deep on people, but that's all it really is. That's night and day. But what if it was only day? What would you be chasing? Wow. That's all I'm saying. So you have to realize what you're chasing and why you're chasing it, and understand that you'll chase it when you chase it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, push it off. I think that's the difference between procrastination and waiting. Procrastination is pushing something off. It is. Waiting is you're constantly doing something or you're doing something in a certain way, and it eventually it will manifest. Um, so my patience is always tested. I think every day <laughs> it's always tested because, you know, I, like I said, my own dreams and desires, I'm seeing it finally form, but it's not forming sometimes in the way that I see. But that's fine, though. But I also understand that it will form. If it don't form, you know, it'll form in a different way. It's going to form. I just have to understand that whenever it forms, just appreciate it. Just grab onto it. I would say this. While you're waiting, you can always do something in, in the meantime. Yeah, in the meantime, between time. Don't just <laughs> wait and say, oh, I want this, that, and the other. Yeah. You got to do something while you're waiting. 
because you don't do anything, you're going to get bored and you're going to be idle and you're going to constantly rush yourself and not um, exercise patience because patience is a virtue. So yes, patience is a virtue. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Um, I have another question, R.Y. Mm -hmm. Were you distracted at all in college? Um, even now, are you facing any, any distractions? Yeah, I don't like using that word distractions Why not? because uh, I just think that's an excuse. I hate when people say, hmm. I won't say hate. I'm distracted. I'm distracted. People usually use that when they're in relationships. So I feel like if you're dating somebody. But you have distractions outside of relationships, like you're yeah. distracted by at work or. Oh, right. In but school. then again, is it a distraction or are you allowing it to be a distraction? How do you allow it to be a distraction? Just whatever you take. I, it's a it's a thing. Of, this is a book I just read called The Four Agreements, and the, I think it was either the second or third agreement. It was like don't make assumptions, and I also believe that that creates distractions. You create this distractions based off your own assumptions, so if that makes sense. So like the distraction to you, it could be some toxic thing going on at work, okay. and so every day you go to work, you like. This is going to happen today. Are you gonna, okay, You're creating your that. own distractions based yes. off your own thought process. Your thoughts, okay. So people, I'm just, I was using relationships as an example because okay. I believe that's one of the number one excuses. Um, you're distracted. I don't like that. Okay. You can leave somebody and not feel distracted. I'm not going to use, I'm distracted for why I want to leave somebody. I'm, if I'm with somebody and I leave them, distractions have nothing to do with that because whatever you want to do, you just got to create a balance. The saying goes, you make time for what you want so you just have to understand that so distractions of course we're all distracted I think phones are a distraction but you pick up the phone <laughs> you pick up the phone the phone doesn't pick you up you entertain it right yeah so distractions to me is, distractions are whatever we create the distractions because we allow the distractions to enter our lives gotcha but of course we're always distracted I mean, social media is everywhere so. it is everywhere but I've just learned to realize, like, when I pick up my phone, like, do I really need to use it right now? If not, I put it back down. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes deleting the apps off your phone. It's kind of mm -hmm. take away, like, take a step back from that type of stuff, you know? So. I like what, uh, I don't know who's, who wrote this quote originally, but I know Steve Harvey says it sometimes. He says, life is 90% of what happens to you. No, no. Is that right? 90% of what happens to you and 10% how you react to it? It might be. 9%. Yeah, that sounds like 9%. Accurate. What happened? Or is it 10% what happened to you? 90% how you react to I it? I believe it's 90% um, what happens to you, 10% how you act to it. And I have it on my phone. Put up real quick. Time, yeah, because I feel like. 10% it, what happens to you, yeah, and 9% how you, yeah, how you I, act I, to it. Drake said react it best. To it. Drake said it best. Used to get Try no reaction, now I'm overreacting. Like, you know, that's, what did what you say? He, Drake said. Used to give no reaction. I'm overreacting. Like the more you overreact to stuff, the bigger you make it. That's true. That's why I come you off. You magnify it. That's why I come off as nonchalant sometimes. Not that it don't necessarily bother me, but I know if I if I bring more attention to it, it's gonna make it bigger, it's than, make it it bigger than what it needs to be. And I've learned right. that from all my friends who were very not <laughs> nonchalant. People. Very nonchalant. I used the to nonchalant get, crew. I used to get very mad at that, but then I start realizing like it makes makes sense. Cause you know you're not making it, you're making it less of a bigger deal by not magnifying it, so and not um, understanding it mm -hmm. in so many words. Yeah. Very good. Well, I learned a lot about you. 
during this segment. Um, yeah, it's a very short segment. Again, I'm, I'm proud of you, how you persevered and endured with everything you went through and um, how you're handling this transition. I know it's hard from going from being independent to having to yeah. go back to where you um, started from. But you have to, it, can, it can feel like a, right. a back, um, you backtracking a little bit. It can feel like that. Mm -hmm. But however, it's not. And I think it's wise to um, start, sometimes start over again and readjust and yeah, that was plan. tough. Yeah, <laughs> that was tough. That was to realign yourself thing. and put things in perspective and to um, get things in order and yeah, and it's okay to start over. It's okay to start over. It is. Is that it? Yeah. Well, all right, guys. This was episode four <laughs> of this lady E and our wise van chronicles. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening thank once you again. so much so appreciate uh, it. our logo's coming very soon so, so you guys will get it. tired of seeing this little shadow thing. the egg the egg the egg um <laughs> the egg um icon or whatever yeah we're not a bunch of trolls but no we're not trolls thanks once again thank you happy sunday l-y-l-s let your light shine peace peace